Pretty simple. Is Patrick Kane going to be a Buffalo Sabre? Now, next year, we'll break it down, what it would mean on the ice, what it would mean off the ice, as there are rumors, tweets that are bringing this to the forefront right now. So a Kane-themed episode coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, like and subscribe, where you can watch the show. Joe DiBiase on today's episode at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter. You can follow us on the podcast account at Locked On Sabres. And some more good offseason content coming your way today. And a couple of big names that are available on the trade market that Bet Online has the Sabres listed. In the top top seven for both, higher on one that's a little bit more surprising than the other, Matthew Kachuk and Patrick Kane. There are trade odds up at Bet Online for both players. The Sabres are listed for both players. Kane is the one, of course, we will spend more time on today. If you've been on Sabres Twitter at all on Thursday, you'll see that it's not quite a war zone, um, but a lot of reasoning back and forth, mostly I would say sound reason why you wouldn't want to do this, um, why you wouldn't want to bring Kane to Buffalo uh, today on social media, but um, a lot to break down the on ice uh, reasons why and why not the pros and cons of off the ice. And he's a very polarizing player because he's from Buffalo and he's not really that universally well liked for obvious reasons. Um, so we'll get into all of that coming up a little bit here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. I do want to start today's show, though, with no no signings, by the way. Nothing since, you know, the beginning of the week. The Sabres are pretty dormant at this point, and I wouldn't expect much before we get to training camp in a couple of months in September. There are still some big-name free agents available. Nazem Kadri is still out there. P.K. Subban is still available. Phil Kessel. There are better players than that, but those are the big names that are out there. Uh, Johan Larson might still be available, former Sabre. The Capitals reportedly were going to sign him, and then it never got made official. It still hasn't been made official, so he's one name maybe that is still out there. Nino Niederreiter was another name that was on the market still. He signs today with the Nashville Predators on a two-year deal that will pay him $4 million per year. That was actually a signing that I would have liked to see the Sabres make. Niederreiter is... 30 or 29 years old, but it'll be 30 by the time next season starts. So a 30 year old winger that is coming off a 24 goal season, actually back to back 20 goal seasons with the Carolina hurricanes speed up front finishing ability, not a lot of playmaking ability, but good underlying numbers, a good possession player. Um, you have to be a little bit careful with how you utilize him. Uh, a lot of offensive zone starts is really the best way to do it, but need a writer has been a pretty good player for a long time now. And he only got a two-year deal for $4 million per? I mean, Nashville is in better standing, I think, than the Sabres are league-wide. So the Sabres might have had to give him an extra year and an extra couple million dollars. But 
I might have been willing to do that. A three-year deal, $5 million per year. Um, that might be testing it a little bit. Maybe you'd try to get him at a, a two-year deal for $5 million or $5.5 million. Um, but I like the Niederreiter idea, but he goes to Nashville. So um, that's really what's left going on free agency. But I wouldn't expect the Sabres to be involved much uh, going forward here. So Matthew Kuchuk, the latest on the Calgary Flames superstar winger is that he is not going to sign. He's not going to re-sign with the Calgary Flames. He is a restricted free agent, and he can sign a one-year deal and then go to the unrestricted free agent market next year. So Calgary has got to move on this. The Flames did file for team-elected arbitration this week, which means they essentially buy themselves some time. They avoid any potential offer sheet, and they free themselves up to be able to move Kachuk and not lose him for whatever, like uh, if Kachuk had signed a smaller level offer sheet deal, Calgary would have to decide to take a first, second, and third round pick for Kachuk, which is definitely below value on him, or sign him to the offer sheet and essentially walk him to free agency because when you sign a guy off an offer sheet, it's one year before you could trade them. Well, one year from now, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So that wasn't a good idea. Calgary bought themselves some time with the team-elected um, arbitration. So he's going to get traded. Calgary is going to trade him. Where are they going to trade him to? The obvious answer is the St. Louis Blues. It's been reported that he would be willing to go to the St. Louis Blues. It is where he grew up. It is where his dad played, Keith Kachuk. They are a good team. They have the young assets that are necessary to give Calgary in order to get him, it kind of fits perfectly. I would expect the St. Louis Blues to be the team uh, to make this trade. Interestingly enough, they are not the favorite at Bet Online. The New Jersey Devils are the favorite at Bet Online at plus 400. The other teams reportedly that he would accept the trade to, the Blues I just mentioned, plus 450 in second. The Predators, plus 500 in third. Nashville's building a nice little team here. And Ottawa at plus 600 is fourth. Ottawa, for reasons of his brother playing there, Brady Kachuk uh, playing in Ottawa, so maybe he would want to go play with his brother. Tied with Ottawa for the fourth best odds at Bet Online to trade for Matthew Kachuk is the Sabres, and I don't really have a good reason for this. I don't know why he, they are that high. I mean, plus 600, it's a 6-1 to one shot, so it's not like it's a crazy long shot it's not like they're saying it's likely either but I'm very surprised the Sabres are this high in this odds because one I don't really think Kachuk in any way would consider signing long term here and two I don't foresee the Sabres making that deal without knowing he would sign a contract first and again I don't think he's going to sign a contract with the Sabres in fact last year when Kevin Weeks of NHL Network reported that there was an offer on the table to the Sabres from the Flames for Jack Eichel that included Matthew Kachuk. Didn't we see immediate pushback on that? Immediate pushback seemingly coming from Kachuk of, oh, he's not going to Buffalo. And I would not expect him to want to come to Buffalo now, even though they are in better standing than they were a year ago. He's a great player. I'd love to have him. I've said it on this show before. Outside of Buffalo, he is my favorite player in the league to watch. There's nobody in the league better that I like to watch because of the combination of just pissing opponents off and also this is the, how high the skill level is, 100-plus points this past season. Uh, the age fits for the Sabres. You know, the skill fits for the Sabres. The, um, 24 years old, 
top line winger, power play, everything you need. Like, he is awesome. I would love to have Matthew Kachuk, and if there was any possibility that he could become a Sabre, I would be willing to trade a lot of stuff for him. The reported package it would take to get him is very similar to the Jack Eichel trade package. A young NHL player, so your version of Alex Tuck. Maybe it's Alex Tuck, or maybe it's Dylan Cousins. A grade-A prospect. I can't imagine Owen Power would be included in that. He's almost an untouchable prospect. So a grade-A prospect like a Jack Quinn. And then also uh, a roster player to make the salary work if you need it. The Sabres don't need that, so you can throw that out the window. And a first-round pick. So Tuck, a first-round pick, and Quinn, or literally the Eichel package. Tuck, Krebs in a first-round pick. Little rich for my blood. There are certain scenarios where I'd love to do it. You know, if they wanted Jack Quinn with a lesser player on the roster, if they wanted to do Jack Quinn with maybe not even another player, a middle stat, a throw-in guy almost. Middle stat, Jack Quinn in a first. If Calgary wanted to do that and Kachuk was willing to sign a long-term extension, I'm all in. I love that idea. I love the player, and I don't think that's a crazy high uh, ask. Um, given that Quinn has not played in the NHL, despite the fact that he's one of the highest, you know, the most valuable prospects in hockey that hasn't played in the NHL. He still hasn't played in the NHL. The first round pick, you know, maybe that actually would even entice Calgary because there's uncertainty with how good the Sabres will be. Unlike, you know, if you trade Kachuk to St. Louis, the pick's probably going to be in the high 20s. You get the Sabres first round pick. That could be teens. That could be high single digits, eight or nine, maybe even better. Um, so I, I think maybe the Sabres could talk with Calgary, but again, I think that this whole idea stops dead with Kachuk and his willingness to sign an extension with the Sabres. I don't believe that he would. There's nothing out there that indicates that he would. So to me, the idea kind of stops right there. Um, So the fact that the Sabres are that high with that uncertainty of would he sign a contract with you? That's crazy to me. I, I cannot foresee them making that trade and taking that sort of risk. I think this is a crazy long shot. They should be a lot longer than plus 600. All right, we'll come back and we'll talk about Patrick Kane. Maybe a more realistic idea for the future. I don't think that's a very realistic trade either, but I'll explain why when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you where all these odds you can find on Kachuk, on Patrick Kane, betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league as well, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports like the UFC, esports, even golf. And Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, not just to make bets. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most starting? Actually, this already started a couple days ago. Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Sneaky Joe Sports. You can check out our show on YouTube if you're listening and you want to, you know, if you feel like watching the show ever, it is available to you on our Locked On Sabres YouTube channel. So we talked about Matthew Kachuk. A little bit in the first segment. Don't think it's realistic at all. Don't foresee it happening at all for the Sabres. Crazy to me that they're plus 600 and tied for the fourth best odds to make that trade at Bet Online. Patrick Kane trade odds are also listed at Bet Online. And you go down the list a little bit, and the Oilers are the favorite. 
plus 300, Edmonton. Colorado, after that, plus 350. The Rangers at plus 400. The Kings at plus 500. Still not at the Sabres. The Lightning, plus 550. The Leafs, plus 600. Six teams are higher than the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres come in at seventh in the odds at plus 750. Lower odds than the Kachuk odds, but plus 750 for the Sabres to trade for Patrick Kane. And this makes sense, even though these odds came out before this tweet. Tim Graham of The Athletic did tweet on Wednesday night that at this time, actually the way I'll, I'll read it exactly word for word how he put it. Tim said, I know there's a betting line on the Sabres being Patrick Kane's next team, this bet online line. The Sabres have no interest in trading for Patrick Kane. No interest in trading for Patrick Kane. That is the tweet from Tim Graham. Now, right away, I immediately read it as, oh, they don't want Patrick Kane at all. Because that was pretty strongly worded. They don't want Patrick Kane at all, no interest whatsoever. And fine, completely acceptable. There are plenty of on-ice hockey reasons why you would not want to do that. And off-ice reasons, too. Just for, you know, the the favorability and the likability that your team would be with your fan base if you make that move. Um, but it could have meant they just didn't want to trade for him. Because in reality, if they did want Patrick Kane, then you wouldn't trade for him right now. You'd wait a year. You would wait a year until... He hits unrestricted free agency, and instead of, you know, instead of trading whatever you would have to give up to get him, um, right now, what you would be able to do is get him for no assets other than the cap space. So, then we get Andrew Peters involved in the action from after the whistle. Andrew Peters tweets that the Sabres don't want to trade for him They'll want him as a UFA next summer. A pretty, pretty clear, pretty definitive. The Sabres will want Patrick Kane next summer as an unrestricted free agent. And that's something. That is something. And I, I, I speculated uh, around the draft that that Alex DeBrinkett trade that Ottawa made a year too early for the Sabres to make a move like that, a big swing type move. And maybe a year out, Kevin Adams or Terry Pagula, whoever it might be that's coming up with this idea, foresees Kane as being that big swing. And in a year, they'll be in a better position to make a move like that. So, one, you don't have to trade assets for him to get him, other than the cap space, which you'll have plenty of even next year. Two, you'll be more ready for a big swing move like that to get good right away by signing him next offseason. And three, it might be easier to convince Kane to come here if you really want him that badly because there will take some convincing. I, I've heard in the past couple of years that, you know, as of four or five years ago, and I know a lot's changed since then, especially in Chicago, a lot's changed. But four or five years ago, Kane didn't want to come back here to play. Um, and maybe that's changed because the Sabres are in a different spot. Chicago is in a completely different spot. So if they want to convince him to come here, you know, putting a season out there of 80 to 85 points, the 90 points, um, will go a long way for any free agent, not just for Patrick Kane. So that is kind of the summary of what the idea is, the logic behind it, if you do want to do it. I'll, I'll take a quick break here. When we come back, is this a smart idea? on the ice and off the ice. Actually, before I take a break, 
let me let me point out the off ice reasons why I think the Sabers are interested. But the, the Peters tweeted it out. The reasoning I think that Kane is interested that the Sabers are interested in Kane is because I think they see dollar signs when they look at Patrick Kane. I think that's a team that just had the worst season for attendance in two decades. That is a team that has made budget cuts. That is a team that has had plenty of layoffs. They have a broken, leaking arena that is in desperate need of repair. They need money. And or at least they have it they have it be seen as though they need money. What adds revenue better than that? Than Patrick Kane, who puts butts in the seats more than that guy. Is there another guy in the league that they could, that this is the important part. And whenever anyone ever brings up, you only are interested in him because he's from Buffalo. Of course, because the only reason you'd think you can get him to come here is because he's from Buffalo. Your sales pitch is you are coming home and you can't do that with many other players. And ideally the Sabres will get to a point to where they can just sell anybody on coming here and not just be guys that are from here. You know, Alex Tuck, right? Like think of that last year, Tuck gets traded to the Sabres. What did Kevin Adams say repeatedly? He wanted guys that wanted to be here. Would Alex Tuck have wanted to be here if he wasn't from Syracuse? Maybe, maybe he would have, but it seems pretty likely that Tuck was a Sabre fan growing up and he's from Syracuse, pretty short drive away from where he's from Buffalo to Syracuse, as opposed to Vegas. Isn't that a big reason why he wanted to come here? Isn't that a big reason why the Sabres would love, would love the idea of trading for him? And isn't that a great big reason why the, the connection with the fan base has happened? I don't think, I think Kane is going to be different if they even do it. Um, I think it will be different, but I think that's why it matters that he's from here because it's the reason why you think you could get him. If you want to take a swing, that's one, you know, that's one feather in your cap that you're a card that you're going to play. I think season ticket numbers go up, maybe not dramatically, but I do think season ticket numbers go up. I think early season individual tickets next year would go up. I think Jersey sales would go up. The Kane 88 jerseys would fly off the shelves. Merchandise involving Kane would go up. They would market him. I I think that the Sabres would look at him as almost a business transaction. As long as the on-ice reasons make enough sense, I think they would look at it as a business transaction. And I really wonder if this would be a decision that not wouldn't be completely taken out of Kevin Adams' hands, but wouldn't necessarily be his idea. And I also wonder about Don Granato. Granato coached Kane for a year and Granado has spoken um, about Kane in the past kind of glowingly about his work habits on the ice uh, practice habits before and they only had one year together before before uh, practices and whatnot they only had one year together so I don't know what kind of relationship they could have built in a year but I will say this Ralph Kruger and Taylor Hall built a good enough relationship in half a season to the point where Hall was willing to come to the Sabres because of Kruger two years ago. Maybe Granado and Kane have a good enough relationship where Granado, if he wants him, he can kind of be, you know, the, the perpetrator to get him to come here. So I think that's kind of why I think the Sabres have interest. There's a connection with the head coach. There is potential money to be made by bringing him in. And 
him being here is a reason why you might think we can take a big swing and actually land somebody. And that's why we'll do it. It's because he's from here. I'm not running from that. I think that is a hundred percent why we talk about Kane. It's because he's from here, but I do think that there are reasons why that matters as to why it would happen. Uh, We'll come back and we'll talk about the on ice part, part of this, because to me, the, a huge argument against Kane becoming a Sabre is actually the play on the ice. And I'll explain more when we come back here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. You are good. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. The best part about built bar puffs, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. Excellent source of protein. They're my breakfast almost every single morning. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo LOCKED15 at built.com. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We're talking Patrick Kane. Uh, Tim Graham of The Athletic tweets, the Sabres don't have interest in trading for Patrick Kane. Bet online lists the Sabres as seventh in the odds below teams like the Leafs to trade for Patrick Kane. But Andrew Peters from After the Whistle says that the Sabres will have interest in signing Kane as a UFA next summer. I think the bit, one of the bigger reasons why this is not a good idea from the Sabres' perspective is the age and what you can reasonably expect in terms of on-ice performance when you would sign him as a 34-year-old. A 34-year-old, one-dimensional winger that does not play in his own end, and you might have real trouble getting him to commit to playing in his own end. That's a problem. And two, the even strength production has come down. He's not a bad player by any means at even strength anymore at five on five, but a lot of his production does come on the power play. In fact, I, I wouldn't call him uh, a, a terrible five on five player, but you know, maybe a good one. He's no longer in an elite category uh, in that regard. In fact, among skaters who skated 500 minutes last last season, 500 minutes or more, Kane ranked 67th out of 600 when it comes to points per 60 minutes. So points at five on five per 60 minutes of ice time you played because he did play a lot of minutes and um, cumulatively it, it can really kind of inflate how good a season he had because he just played a lot. If you boil it down to per 60 minutes, 67th in the NHL, which, all right, that's 65 forwards, 66 forwards that are better than him. Um, So we're talking like three full lines on each team. We're maybe talking about offensively a third line type guy. Um, Is that math checkout? Actually, yeah, we're talking about like a third line guy um, in terms of the offensive production at five on five power play. He ranked 58, so a little bit higher in points per 60 minutes. Now, I will say, again, like comparison for other guys around him at the five-on-five production, players that had less five-on-five production per 60 minutes uh, last season than Patrick Kane. Travis Konechny, uh, Trevor Zegras, uh, Sidney Crosby, Kyle Connor, 
Patrice Bergeron, Andre Svechnikov, uh, Brady Kachuk, Evander Kane, uh, Mika Zibanejad, Mike Scheifele. Like we're talking about some very good players, strong players, including Sidney Crosby that was below him last year. So it was not great, but it wasn't like it was so devastatingly bad. But it, what it might be is a sign that the cliff is coming. The cliff is coming for Patrick Kane. And while he might not have hit it yet, he did have 92 points last season. On the surface, looked like an incredible year. 92 points for Chicago last year. In two years' time, is he still going to be able to do that? Because right now, looking at the underlying numbers, my guess would be no. I don't know how far the drop will be. If he's a 70-point player, even with you know the, the deflated 5-on-5 five five stats and being more of a power play producer, are the Sabres getting what they want? I, maybe somebody in that building is. I'm not sure that Kevin Adams and his staff would be. I'm not sure that Don Granado would be. I'm not sure the rest of the team would be. But it wouldn't be so terrible in terms of an anchor on the on the salary cap like in a Poso contract when he was putting up 20 points or Skinner when he was on the fourth line. I, I think it's risky. It's very risky, and that's why I wouldn't do it. I think because of the on-ice reasons – the the poor the the lesser five on five production than what we're accustomed to with Patrick Kane, uh, I wouldn't do it. I, I as I explained in the last segment, I do believe the Sabers will go for it. I think it makes a lot of logical sense business wise, and I think they'll act on those business reasons. Um, but I don't love it for on ice. Don't love it at all. Now, it's not the worst idea in the world either for me. I think there are worse ideas. Um, if they did it, you know, it would mostly be because he's from here. He'd produce, I think he'd produce though. He'd put up numbers. I do think fans would enjoy him being here. I mean, can, I can imagine a massive ovation uh, at an opening night when Patrick Kane would be announced as a Buffalo Sabre. Um, I know he's been booed in the past year, but I just can't believe that him in that uniform is not going to get a standing ovation uh, if it ever happens. Um, so I, I, I think that's kind of, it's kind of the totality of my thoughts on it. I, I'm not really on an extreme end of either side. I, I completely understand the sentiment from anyone that just never wants to root for him in a Buffalo Sabre uniform because of allegations in the past with him. Uh, you know, is he like a good, he's a good locker room guy. Is he a guy that's really, you know, you feel good rooting for? I think the answer for that for most people is probably no. Um, other people just want to see him here because he's from here. And maybe a lot of their sentiment is, the say Buffalo has had two all-time great athletes come out of their city in the last 20 years, and neither has played for the Bills or Sabres, Gronkowski and Patrick Kane. Is, is there a fan out there that just really wants to see it happen just because he's from here? Yes, of course there is. Um, and I guess I get it on some level for, for those people as well. Um, but I think what should matter most in this area is on w- whether or not the Sabres do it. Does he fit your timeline And does he help you on the ice? He doesn't fit the timeline because he'll be 34 years old. And to me, he doesn't help you on the ice enough to overcome the other reasons why you wouldn't do it. So I lean no on signing Patrick Kane next season. I'm a hard no, as hard as could be no, on trading for him. That is a horrible idea, uh, in my opinion, is giving up any significant asset uh, to get him in the door right now. 
All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Should the Sabres sign Patrick Kane next season uh, after this coming season in Unrestricted Free Agency 2023? If you've got thoughts on that, we'll share them next show on the program uh, at Lockdown Sabres. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, or you could uh, get my personal account at Sneaky Joe Sports. But I, no promises I'll see it because I'm being f- bombarded with Bill's alternate helmet tweets um, because I had to go throw a goat head. Uh, Bill's uh, helmet out there uh, this afternoon. So uh, at Locked On Sabers, if you if you want to make sure that your tweet gets read right on the air, um, then be sure to hit us up there. All right, that's it for us today, though. On Locked On Sabers, uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a thirty minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily thirty minute podcast.